It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome into a celebratory episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, because there is nothing left to worry about for all you hand-wringing Bengals fans out there. You know who you are. And for the rest of you who have listened to the wise words of James Rapine and myself and know that there was never anything to worry about. Well, business as usual for you today. So we're going to get started with Joe Burrow agreeing to terms, T. Higgins signing his contract officially, while veterans show up to Paul Brown Stadium for their first of three COVID tests. And then today is the day we preview wide receivers. We have a lot of things to talk about, I think, with wide receivers, James. We haven't talked nearly enough about Tyler Boyd We've talked a lot about A.J. Green. We've even talked a lot about John Ross. We haven't talked as much about the forgotten man, Tyler Boyd, who's been the best receiver on this team for the last two years. So we'll rectify that today. In addition to looking at some of the interesting back of roster battles that will happen in the wide receiver room. So stay tuned for that in segments two and three. Tomorrow, Brandon Thorne will join the show for our offensive line preview to wrap up the offense. But James, let's get started with the biggest news of the day. Joe Burrow has agreed to terms. And all the hand-wringing can finally come to an end, James. Joe Burrow expected to sign his contract officially in Paul Brown Stadium, most likely on Thursday, probably at the same table that we saw photos today of T. Higgins signing his deal. A collective sigh of relief from those that couldn't accept that, yeah, maybe this is just business as usual. We told you so. I, you can be humble. We told you so. We told you it was going to be fine. And some of you on Twitter were so worried and so concerned. But look, that confidence you had in February, Bengals fans, you got to bring it when there's any kind of doubt that that that, that creeps in. And so, um, it, look, this was always going to get done. I am glad it got done today and it didn't become a, a national topic because it would have. You know, if, if we would have went into the weekend and into next week and camps would have started, you know, the strength and conditioning, it would have became a national national topic, Jake, and instead it didn't. Uh, the Bengals, by the way, kudos to them. They're going to have to pay Joe Burrow once he signs his deal later this week, and it's official after he passes that physical. They're going to have to pay him $23.88 million. So Joe Burrow's bank account is about to get much, much bigger, and uh, congrats to him. He deserves it. He will get all of that signing bonus within 15 days 
of signing his contract. The entire contract is guaranteed. And I did have a question today that I'll address, address at this point preemptively in case it comes up. The fifth year option for Joe Burrow, since he was a top 10 pick in that fifth year, if the Bengals get to that point, is the price of the transition tag for quarterback. So this year, that is nearly forty mil, or nearly $38 million. In a few years, if Joe Burrow comes up to the fifth-year option, it'll probably be closer to $40 million, given the trajectory of quarterback salaries in the NFL. Or the Bengals could do what the Chiefs have done with Patrick Mahomes and sign him to a long-term deal before that fifth-year option comes up if he plays well. And, and that's exactly what we saw in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes signing the richest deal in NFL history. We'll all hope that Joe Burrow follows that same trajectory. Bill Polian thinks, however, that Burrow might get off to a rocky start. And there's something to that. Joe Burrow will not have the luxury of every other rookie quarterback outside of lockout years in rookie OTAs. He didn't get to do any of the rookie activities, any OTAs. First exposure will be later than ever in late August when finally walkthroughs and some padded practices get to go live. Yeah, it, it sucks. I mean, he doesn't have a preseason. He doesn't have time to go through some of those growing pains. And and, and really, that's there's only two things that I think are going to completely derail Joe Burrow as a rookie. You know, and, and one could certainly be this, this unprecedented offseason where he doesn't get those reps and he doesn't get to uh, kind of make some mistakes early on. But the other thing would be Zach Taylor. Everyone would say that, you know, the offensive line, it would be it, Zach Taylor shows that he's an incompetent play caller. And while I don't think that's the case, you never know. So other than that, I think Joe Burrow has the maturity. I think he knows what he's walking into. And I think he knows there's going to be struggles. And that's really the key here. Because every rookie quarterback struggles some. You know, they lose. Even Kyler Murray, right? He was rookie of the year last year. Well, the Cardinals didn't win a bunch of games. Even though they were fun to watch, they, they didn't win a bunch of games. And so there are going to be struggles this year. That's the one thing I do agree with with, with Bill Polian. Uh, it, it's it's really up to Burrow and it's up to uh, the rest of this team to be mature enough to take their lumps and continue moving forward and build on, on, on what they have. So, uh, And by the way, I, I could flip it too because a lot of people have that angle with Polian. The other thing here, the Bengals are a young team, and they might not, and who knows, but they might not, and, and they haven't as of Tuesday, knock on wood, any opt-outs. You have an older team, the Patriots, they were an older team, had some opt-outs due to COVID-19. When you have family, when you're older, things like that, that matters. So, uh, you know, you, you're, filled, you're a roster full of young guys. Maybe the Bengals can benefit from being young. The other big Bengals news today, speaking of young guys, T. Higgins officially signing his contract in Paul Brown Stadium. That means that all of the Bengals come about this time on Thursday will have signed their rookie deals. And sooner than later, we'll start to see those free agents put pen to paper as well with physical starting toward the end of the week and early next week. Last thing to note. Before we get into the wide receiver talk, James, is Jeff Hobson and his quick little blurb on Bengals.com today about the fact that Joe Burrow has agreed to terms says that Zach Taylor might be considering adding a veteran quarterback after all, after he said we're all good in the quarterback room because of concerns around COVID and having enough depth at the quarterback position. And this is something that Joe and I speculated about way back when, is, is, and you and I, I think, probably even have speculated about this at some point. But then Zach Taylor kind of put it all to bed 
now it's kind of resurfacing again through Jeff Hodgson. And tomorrow we'll hear from Zach Taylor, and maybe it will come up then. Maybe you can bring it up then. I'm going to. If I if I don't, you know, someone else will, or if someone else doesn't, I will. Because this is – I was shocked. And I, I kind of – I, it's not like there's been a lot to crush Zach Taylor for this offseason, but that was one of those things I was critical of because there was absolutely no reason for him to say that at that point in the offseason. Hey, we're set at quarterback. And and now, yeah, you know what they should do? Sign another quarterback because one of these guys, whether it's Jake Dolagala or Ryan Finley, it might be good to have them on the practice squad. And the reason you do that is because if two of these quarterbacks do you know, contract COVID at the same time, which would be extremely unfortunate. But if that did happen, then you'd have your your backup, so to speak, to your third stringer on the practice squad. So, yeah, Blake Bortles, come on down. Sign me up. Bring him in. AFC title game a few years ago, baby. Franchise quarterback. Yeah, I don't care who it is. Sure. <laughs> Blake Bortles, Cincinnati. I don't know, man. Who? who I, I, it's Blake really hard for Bortles. me to get. Ex- uh, you know who I want it to be? John Kitna, hire him off the, the Dallas coaching staff and bring him back here to be another veteran presence in the quarterback room. It worked out last time pretty well. I'm just saying. Can he still throw it 10 yards? If so, we're good, man. John Kitna time. John Kitna time. Pretty good I love coach. John Kitna. Yeah. Pretty good football player. Pretty good football player. Pretty good guy. John Kitna. Coming up next, we'll preview the wide receiver position, which is actually one of the more interesting, probably the most interesting position on offense from a drama perspective, from a number of different directions they could go. We'll get into that coming up next. But while the Bengals can go in multiple directions with the wide receiver position, especially at the end of the roster, you want your car to go in one direction, really, the direction that you're steering it. And if you're having any issues with your car, if you need to replace an air filter, something easy, something like an oil change, Head over to rockauto.com, family business, family run since their inception. will ship parts to you. You don't have to leave your house. You'll get better prices than the big box store. And they'll have everything you could possibly need to deal with those little do-it-yourself projects you have lined up for your vehicle. I love rockauto.com because it's, you mentioned convenience. It's extremely convenient You can do it from the comfort of your own home. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter what car you drive. We could sit there and ask each one of you what kind of car you drive or what to make, what's the model. I guarantee you they have the part you need or or they have the the brand of filter or the oil you're looking for or whatever it may be, the windshield wipers that fit your car. So it's easy. It's a one-stop shop. You can do it in your PJs and uh, you can save a bunch of money and avoid the trip to the big box store. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts that they have for your car or truck, and make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse 
with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Yesterday, we started our positional preview series with the quarterbacks, tight ends, and running backs, a bunch of positions where there won't be a ton of drama. Maybe we should have given more credit to the back of the running back room where there might be a surprise, but we didn't. Today, we're going to start with wide receivers, with T. Higgins signing his deal, ESPN's Ben Baby doing the deep dive analysis on the Bengals' Twitter video to take a look at which pen T. Higgins used to sign his contract and and he used the pilot g2 38 millimeter ben says that he would have gone with the 0.7 the uh the the seven millimeter i believe no that's way too many millimeters 0.7 millimeters that's what it is and it just so happens that i have a pilot g207 sitting on my desk and for me I actually like the one in the middle james i like the the 0.5 or 0.05 0.5 millimeter that's my preferred pilot G2. And I didn't know that I had this preference uh, until Ben Baby did this tweet. And Visionary on Twitter tagged us both and asked, what would we use? When I heard you reading Ben's tweet about the G2 and T. Higgins using one, I thought you were talking about a private jet to yeah. fly to Cincinnati. Uh-huh. That's what I thought you were talking about. I'm like, man, you're making second round money, dude. You cannot be doing that no. just to go sign your contract. I really, mm-hmm. I thought you were... You were talking about a jet. Um, uh, my personal preference uh, with pens, I'm really, really particular. I only use whatever pen I happen to have available at that moment. So yeah. whether it's a, a, you know, a right here I have on my desk right now, a Bic round stick pen, which is probably about worth a nickel. Very good. Um, and I have a bunch of those. So I didn't even know what a, and once you showed me the G2 that he used, and obviously I saw the picture that, that Ben posted, I knew what pen he was talking about, but before that, I probably wouldn't have even known it was a pen until I saw it. Yeah, I, I never actually took the time to like look at the brand <laughs> on the pen before or the fact that it said G2 on it even, but I did know that I have an 07 and an 05 variant of this pen, and I like the 05 a little bit more, but they're great pens. I'm just saying, they, T. Higgins, they, go they get are. yourself a pen sponsorship. They are. When I saw When I saw the pen, I was like, oh, that is a good pen. Like I go out of my way to use that pen. So I totally get it. I just, I've never put as much thought into it as as I have right now. You go out of your way to use that pen, but you also use whatever pen you have available to you. Which one is it? Well, I got my, so yeah, if I have this big round stick right here and then I have the classy G2 and the reason I look at those and can tell is because of the, the way the, the pen cap is, or, or not the pen cap, but the pen holder thing that you you can slide into your pocket what is it what is that called oh man the pen we, clip uh, i can't i think it's the i think it's the pen clip that's yeah. what it is all right um so so that's why it, did i just crush it here with the details you're hating this right now jake we you we have lost we've jumped the shark we've lost the thread let's talk about wide receivers we've talked about aj green a lot he is going to be Maybe. Actually, you know, I started saying it because of our debate. I'm not sure that I'm ready to write in my pilot G2 pen that he's going to be the number one. Oh, my God. And here's why. 
Oh my God. Paul Dana Jr. pointed out that the last time and, and really the only time in his career that Tyler Boyd has played with A.J. Green when A.J. Green was healthy, Tyler Boyd put up numbers that extrapolated to just south of 100 catches for nearly 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. That was his half-season pace in the first half of 2018, which is the only time Boyd played with Green when Green was healthy. That's the only reason I say Tyler Boyd, the guy we haven't really talked about at all since he joined this podcast, outside of some lip service here or there, who, by the way, defended Joe Burrow from Bill Pullian's comments on Twitter today, could be the number one wide receiver for the Bengals in terms of productivity. That That's all I'm saying. That that possibility exists in the world to me. It exists, no doubt. Obviously, when you, you look at what Tyler Boyd's done over the past couple of years and you consider what Justin Jefferson did last year at LSU and how Joe Burrow went to him, I could totally see that. I, you know, it's It's really nothing discrediting Tyler Boyd, but to me, the way I view it, and I think the way defenses will view it this year, even if Boyd has bigger numbers and ends up with more yards and more receptions, maybe even more touchdowns, they're not going to bracket him. They're going to be doubling green. Like that's the guy that they'll focus on. And I just, I, I think back to those years um, with Chad and TJ and there, there were years, heck the one year TJ had a 112 catches, you know, he's tied for the NFL lead with Wes Welker. I believe it was 07 and, and Chad had a big year yards wise, but certainly didn't have as many receptions, but he was still getting all the coverage. And so I, I still think the coverage, if it has to roll one way or the other, it, it's going to roll to AJ green, but I'm not going to take anything from Tyler. He's a baller. Um, and by the way, this is super random, but Jarvis Landry was listed on like the, the NFL 100 list at like player 63 or 63rd best player, or whatever Tyler Boyd's better. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Tyler Boyd's better. So if he's not ahead of him and I don't think he will be, uh, on that list, then, uh, the NFL, that's just one more example of the NFL getting it wrong. How, how far are they on that list right now? What number are they at? I think they got down to 60. Yeah, I might be, bagels? I might, I, no, not yet, which no. I'm. I'm actually kind of surprised, like, but but also not because this also shows that that players get it wrong because a lot of players, I guess, voted for this and they their opinions of each other are a bit off. Josh Allen was the 87th best player. Get out of here, dude. My my understanding, and this could be wrong, is that they're allowed to write 20 names and it's like a popularity contest. So if you sent maybe maybe every Bills offensive player put Josh Allen on their list. And that's why, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't think that opposing teams are voting for Josh Allen. You know I what I'm saying? Uh, I, I just wanted to go back and look at those 2018 weeks, weeks one through eight, 2018. The only time, according to Paul Danner Jr., that Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green have played together when healthy. A.J. Green had 15 more targets, but had four less catches. And only 57 more yards. So he was still the big play guy, to your point. I think 100% to your point, he was averaging more than three more yards per reception. But Tyler Boyd, not that far behind. And with another year and with the way Joe Burrow had that rapport with Justin Jefferson, I think that there could be something there, especially with Tyler effectively being the number one receiver last year for the Bengals. Just, just nice it's a nice problem to have right it's not even a problem it's just a, a debate oh, i guess yeah well it, and it's great and what we were talking about this before we hit record it's an egoless wide receiver room 
I mean, yeah. I, I don't know of any of these guys. Like Tyler Boyd, yeah, he's been the, the de facto number one. But if you ask him about A.J. Green, he's like, oh, that's our guy. And, yeah. and A.J.'s not going to – if A.J. has 70 catches and they make the playoffs, he's going to be happier than if he has 95 catches and they win three games. So it's not like he's going to lose his mind. We know John Ross isn't going to bring an ego to the table. Neither is T. Higgins as a rookie. He's just going to be in awe of A.J. Green, uh, who's obviously yeah. his idol. And, and and then obviously Auden Tate, a seventh-round pick. I mean, there, there's plenty of mouths to feed, but I don't think any of these guys are me guys. They're we guys. And uh, that sounds really cliche, but I, I think it matters when you're talking about a rookie quarterback trying to spread the ball around to a plethora of really talented guys. Man, it's, it's a promising group at the top. Like the first four guys, they're all second and first round picks. All of them have either had production in the NFL or had great production in college. In the case of John Ross and T. Higgins, have some skills that you can count on. And that doesn't even talk about the Alex Erickson's, the Auden Tate's, the undrafted free agents at the back of the roster who could be special teams contributors, or Mike Thomas, the guy they went out and got from the Los Angeles Rams. We do need to talk about all those guys, though. So let's handle the back of the roster in the wide receiver room coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we're going to get back to the wide receiver conversation in just a second here on Locked on Bengals. But Jake is happy of a day as Tuesday was with Burrow and Higgins both signing or agreeing to terms and signing. One unfortunate thing happened. Unfortunate news. I want to have a moment of silence for my guy, the guy that I wanted the Bengals to sign all offseason long, well, at least since the Saints released him, Larry Warford. The right guard, the three-time Pro Bowler, has opted out of the 2020 NFL season. I just want to take a moment of silence to think about what could have been here in Cincinnati. Was that is that enough? Did we do? Yeah, did we do the, I was waiting for you to cut it off. Yeah. Did, did we do the? <laughs> Did we do the thing? Uh, you know, you know what? Uh, a lot of people in Cincinnati were nervous about. Joe Burrow signing his contract. There was a lot of anxiety. Maybe not a lot. Maybe it was just a loud minority. That's probably what it was. What, what I'm nervous about is these COVID opt-outs. Around the league, today we're starting to see higher profile players opting out. And, and for the safety of their families, for the safety of themselves, you name it, a lot of players, Andre Smith, former Bengal, opting out. Damata Pecco's brother, opting out. Kyle Pecco. Uh, uh, who's who's uh, Michael Pierce, who just went from the Ravens to the Vikings, opting out. So bigger names today. Six different Patriots, including Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung and uh, Marcus Cannon. So it's it's a serious thing that's happening. And uh, I, you know what? I hope Larry Warford stays healthy. He's trying to start a family. And I uh, hope we see him back in the league next year. But let's get back into the wide receiver With the stuff. Bengals next year, baby. Comeback mm. season 2021. Okay, Jake, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, whatever. So so let's, before we get to the, uh, 
the back of this roster, right? Let, let's talk about the newcomer T Higgins a little bit. We talked about him a lot around the draft. Just looking at his PFF profile, we've we've talked about this. He has a he has a great catch radius, great body control. He's going to win in contested situations. He had ten broken tackles in both 2018 and 2019. What what needs a little bit of work is is the the route running, the suddenness in the route running, the quick quick twitch, getting a little bit more separation. What I find really interesting here is that PFFs draft profile player comparison is Martavis Bryant who I think of more as a vertical guy and mm-hmm. and I think Speedster. of T Higgins more of a of, of a possession guy especially the way he ran but he might have ran injured so he might be a little bit faster than his pro day numbers suggest didn't test very well though he didn't no and, and that, that's that's part of it. it you know it was it was it the three cone the, the other one that was uh yeah that was low there was another number that and was his glaring. jump his jumps weren't very good in his, his jump too. So, you know, maybe he was injured. Maybe he wasn't. Um, but yeah, Martavis Bryant, I, I remember him just being a speed freak who couldn't run and you know, or, or couldn't run the right routes necessarily. Uh, I, I think of Higgins as more of a, a go up and get it type guy. Not that he can't run, but he's really good after the catch actually underrated there. I like what he brings and I, I think he complements these other weapons well, but I certainly don't think he's, like out of these guys, he's in like the the Tyler Boyd speed range. Ross is faster. Certainly AJ Green, I would put ahead of him in that category, obviously. And then it's who, you know, he, he might be he's probably faster than Tate. Tate ran slow. Anyway, he is faster than Tate. Tate ran slow. Um, but but he's not one of those vertical guys. So the Martavis Bryant comparison is a, a little weird for me. Uh but but I think Higgins has a higher ceiling than Bryant. Yeah. Now, you know, because you're talking about a guy who, who can be a jump ball player right now, Much is good complete. after the catch, and is extremely strong. I mean, right away he has NFL strength and, and has a, a lot of traits that should translate right away. Yeah, much, much more complete player, I think, in terms of potential, especially than Martavis Bryant. I think that the pairing with Joe Burrow is really good, too. Where he really thrives is he, he's, he's kind of always open, and he has great hands. Great hands that mm-hmm. should play really well with Joe Burrow, especially on some of those timing back shoulder kind of throws that we saw Joe Burrow use a lot at LSU. If he can see the defensive backs numbers and his nameplate, you're open. And and T Higgins really fits that, that play style that Joe Burrow brings. But let's take a little bit of time here, James, to talk about some of the guys that have been on the team a little bit longer and, and I feel like we've talked enough about John Ross, but I do want you to highlight this one great PFF stat from PFF Evan, who's been on the show. He does the PFF Bengals account. It's a really cool stat. Evan McPhillips coming through in the clutch. Uh, and yeah, I, I appreciate it, Jake. You letting me drop this John Ross stat. Ross has seen 33 targets of 20 plus yards in the last two seasons. Only 10 of those 33 deep targets were deemed catchable. According to PFF, Joe Burrow on passes of 20 plus yards last season, a 99.3 pro football focus grade, which was first in a 60.2 adjusted completion percentage. Also first in all of college football. It should be a match made in heaven, Jake. That's why I'm excited. If Ross can stay healthy, I think he could certainly be a big time player in this offense with Joe Burrow at the helm. Have you noticed a trend here in the way we've talked about all these receivers as being good fits with Joe Burrow? 
but they're all totally different players. Like AJ Green, good fit with Joe Burrow because Burrow's going to be more accurate than Andy Dalton. Oh, well, okay, yeah, Joe Burrow's just a good player. Tyler Boyd, good fit with Joe Burrow because of how well he uses that slot. Oh, wait, no, that just means he's a good quarterback. John Ross, great deep ball. Oh, that Joe, Joe Burrow, good good deep ball thrower, best in the country last year according to PFF, and 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 uh, T Higgins, good good fit because of that timing stuff, that back shoulder stuff, the accuracy. Oh, again, uh, Joe Burrow, high expectations. So maybe maybe says more about the quarterback than the receivers, but they do have a diversity of skill sets here in the top four guys, and. We still need to talk about Alex Erickson, Damian Willis, Stanley Morgan, Mike Thomas, and and most importantly, Auden Tate. We do. And and I, I think you look back at, at 2019 and Auden Tate, if I just search, like if I'm doing an article on Auden Tate and I search his name uh, in the, the USA Today images and stuff for the website, it is, it is, it's all about these contested, crazy contortion catches that are nuts you don't get normal catches with Auden Tate and I think a lot of that had to do with Andy Dalton I don't think Auden likes having to dive seven yards to his right and extend his arms and all that stuff so it should be a match made in heaven there too And, and to your point about Burrow great quarterbacks I remember Peyton Manning went from like Reggie Wayne for a few weeks to Austin Collie and there was there was no he didn't miss a beat because that's what happens if you're a great quarterback and that's obviously the expectations for Joe Burrow and that's honestly why, you know, if Alex Erickson has to get some reps, you wonder if he could be productive in an offense with Joe Burrow or some of these other guys. I do think Erickson's going to make the team. I know there's some speculation on whether or not that could happen. Um, and that will probably continue into camp. But I, I just think he's such a good team guy. He's obviously much more than serviceable on special teams. And he's a guy that is capable in that slot spot if you need someone Let's say if Tyler Boyd gets dinged up or, heck, multiple receivers get dinged up, I, I think Erickson's the type of guy you want in that sixth or seventh wide receiver role. Erickson has been a fantastic back-of-the-roster wide receiver for this team for years. He He's capable of being a third wide receiver if you need him to be. He's reliable when the ball hits his hands. He's, he's not going to make a ton of drops, although small sample sizes do make that a little bit hard to track. He can be a returner if you need him to be. He's had success there, obviously. He can play in coverage units on special teams. Lots of versatility for Alex Erickson. That is his biggest argument to make the team. The other three guys that are the most likely candidates, Stanley Morgan, Damian Willis, and Mike Thomas, all have arguments for different reasons. Stanley Morgan and Damian Willis were part of what Zach Taylor called the best group of undrafted wide receivers he's ever had. Both of them made major contributions on special teams last year where Stanley Morgan was an absolute standout after Damian Willis was a preseason star, a training camp star, not so much when the lights were on in the regular season. And Mike Thomas is a guy that Zach Taylor has a lot of familiarity with. But looking at their track records, if, if we're choosing one of these three guys, and I think I've said this, Damian Willis or Mike Thomas have to do a lot, a lot in camp for me to want to keep one of those two guys over Stanley Morgan and what he brings as a true special teams ace. Totally agree. I, I, I totally agree. And that's, that's the crazy part here is they went out, they get Mike Thomas and there isn't a spot in my eyes. There isn't a spot for him right now. He's going to have to fight his way onto the roster. And obviously that's a guy Zach Taylor worked with in, in Los Angeles is familiar with is comfortable with. 
But it is good, especially now, and I keep reiterating this, and I'm, I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record, you need to have some depth here. So like Damian Willis, it'd be great if you could practice squad him. It would be great in, in these COVID times, having a lot of depth. We talked about it with quarterbacks just a, you know a few minutes ago. It's extremely important. And the fact that we're looking at a wide receiver room where realistically nine are in the mix to make the team, six are probably locked in, and maybe seven. In our, in, certainly in our eyes, Jake, I think both of us think seven. That's a good spot to be in because those guys, you know, eight through 10, eight through 11 are probably capable. And, and that's uh, uh, at least of a, a developmental role on the, the practice squad. So that's a good spot to be when you're talking about a young quarterback and developing young wide receivers around him through uh, through 2020 and beyond. Forgot to even mention Trenton Irwin, the other Bengals rostered uh, wide receiver from Stanford. They had a pre-draft visit with him last year, I believe, and they got him after Miami let him go. And Scotty Washington, this year's college free agent out of Wake Forest, who has some experience working out with Joe Burrow. It will be some tough decisions. Oh, and Demarcus Lodge, who was the third head of that three-headed beast at Ole Miss with DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. And and he was pretty productive in that offense, considering those guys were also on the team and they didn't really have a great quarterback. I, I think that uh, there will be tough decisions after the first five. And, and I think Erickson should be the six. And then you're picking one of Stanley Morgan, Mike Thomas, and I think Damian Willis. Those are the front runners to me. But if Scotty Washington or Demarcus Lodge have any sort of breakout in him, well, that, then things get real spicy. And I, I don't know how you make this decision well, but what I do think is that a lot of these guys will be pretty safe to get onto the practice squad. Damian Willis got on there last year. He came back up later in the year. Morgan Stanley started, or Stanley Morgan, sorry, started the year there. And I think Trenton Irwin was on the practice squad for most of the year. Demarcus Lodge as well. So I just hope that there's not too much of an infatuation with Mike Thomas. That's what scares me a little bit. But at the same time, there's very little risk for these guys not making it to the practice squad. You're absolutely right. You know, at least I think you are. We'll see. Um, but it's it would be nice, you know, if they could have because now you're thinking again. You 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 want what ten receivers, nine receivers total on the team, and that includes the practice squad. So. You're talking 69 roster spots. Maybe you carry seven on the 53 and then two or three more on the practice squad. I think that's about right. And so there are spots up for grabs. And that's that's what's really unique about this camp, Jake. Is And I get it, 16 spots. It's only four more than there was going to be. But last year, there was only 10 practice squad spots. So now you've got 60% more. Um, you're expanding those practice squad rosters. So it's going to be a battle in the back end of the wide receiver room, and it's going to be fun. Hopefully we, uh, hopefully I can witness it in person and report back here on Locked on Bengals. Or at least they, they do something like the Browns are reportedly doing, putting some training camp on video. Eh? That would be pretty, pretty nice. Tomorrow, James will get you a report from Zach Taylor's press conference, which he gets to be a part of, and I'm still jealous of, but that's okay. That's why we're a great team. And I will talk with Brandon Thorne to do our offensive line preview. We took a look at Brandon Thorne's offensive line tier list last week, and we will get him on the podcast tomorrow. It will be a late release as we're recording pretty late Eastern time, but that show will be coming your way late Wednesday, early Thursday. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.